Hey guys, um, might I just share something with you guys? I want to remind you that I do have a Patreon page for those that are not familiar with that. It's an easy way for um, those interested in my work to see new exclusive content and updates before anyone else. And it's also an opportunity to contribute to the show to help with a project that will be rolled out and as well as um, the opportunities I have to give back to the community by contributing as little as $1 per month. Yes, I do not discriminate against money. You can actually contribute to the show. As one of my listeners and supporters, I'd like to invite you to be a stakeholder on the show as well. If you're interested in becoming one of my patrons, please help me and lay the foundation for what I hope to be a great ongoing project at the Most Stable Show. If you're not in a position to become my patron to financially contribute to the show, that's no worries at all. Your support still means the world to me. Um, if you're unable to donate financially, another way you can help is to spread the word. Every time you get announcements about new episodes, please share it on your page and maybe even add in a few words about what each episode means to you and things like that. That goes a long way to promote the visibility of the page. So whether you can afford to pay at least a dollar a month or not, um, I just crave your indulgence to help spread the word about the show. I was a little bit uncomfortable asking for money, but I found needs to like be able to use money as a vehicle to help more. Um, some of you might know um, a few episodes ago, I brought in a guest that has schizophrenia and I wanted to get her back on her medication. So I raised a fundraiser on my Facebook page and within days, um, I had raised more than enough money that I needed for her to give her for a year of um, medications. So that's something we did. So I want to keep this open-ended so that way every time we have opportunity to give back to the community i don't have to necessarily start a fundraiser so thank you all um and i do appreciate your support and thank you for giving me courage to keep this platform going now enjoy the show hello everyone i am Sibel, and this is the more Sibel podcast Now, welcome back to the concluding episode with Dr. Lalade. If you're yet to listen to the first part, go and hop on that train right now. It's available already on the website or on Anchor. Well, enjoy the concluding part then, and thank you. Um, now we're going to move on to the case presentation. And I do have, I'm sure you probably had like a lot of papers, pages flipping. I have lots of doctor's notes. I'm going to just do like a short presentation. And whatever questions you have about this person's notes, you can let me know and I can see if I can have, have access to them. Okay. All right. So um, this is a case presentation for um, a 32-year-old uh, African-American lady and uh, immigrated from Nigeria. She is a um, 32-year-old, yeah? She is a um, um, gravid of two, um, parity zero, um, Liparis. Um, she's had, um, in, in 2009, there was um, a diagnosis of um, ovarian cyst, um, torsion of the left ovaries. And so they retwist on on did the twist, and the ovaries were left patent. And um, they took it for a scan to be sure that um, and did a lot of histological tests on it. It was um, benign. And um, three years from then, um, she came back, went back to the hospital, and started complaining of um, actually fluid in the abdomen. Well, she's according to her, she had um, pregnancy symptoms, but she did pregnancy test. It wasn't positive. She was bloated. She was, and so she went to see her doctor, a PNG doctor, and they sent her for paracetamol. Oh, I don't know if I said that right. And mm-hmm. um, they aspirated some fluid just to be sure to find out what the source was. It, it checked out clean. It wasn't tuberculosis. It wasn't um, infectious. It wasn't from the kidney. And so apparently the diagnosis was the cyst came back, and this time around it ruptured and caused you know, fluid to build up. And so she was um, diagnosed with um, a pelvic um, fusion. And so they did a laparoscopy to drain the fluids. And that was in 2012. 
and the fluids were drained and they told her and her husband to, and this was um, two years after marriage, they told her and her husband to um, basically keep trying and if it didn't work for I think three, six months of um, unprotected sex, they need to go see a reproductive endocrinologist. Yeah. So they did that and um, they did after like the follow-up and sorry, the lab works and all of that. Um, so they did a pelvic ultrasound um, in 2012 it was a, a fresh a French HSG catheter that was inserted into her cervical. Um, they injected the contrast dye, and the findings was that the endometrial cavity was normal, the right fallopian tube was normal, it was patent, but there was a left hydrosalpinx with a spillage of contrast into a localated left adnexal collection. So the impression, according to the um, radiology, was radiologist was um, the left hydrosalpinx and localated contrast material. And um, it correlated for a history of endometriosis. And um, the conclusion was that the endometrial cavity and the right fallopian tube are normal. Yeah. So um, based with that, this time around, she was um, 26, thereabout. I'm looking at her age because they have to go with guidelines. She was under 30 and never been pregnant before. They decided that, hey, why not just try IVF? So um, they started with IVF and during the two phases, you know, the ovarian stimulation and then the implantation, um, put all the medications, um, were able to extract 17, um, 17 eggs and they cultured it for a bit from the, the blast to the blastocytes level. 11 were deemed good. They discarded six and her husband's um, lab work all came back very normal. So after um, the implantation with the sperm and all that, they had 11 embryos. So right after the ovarian stimulation, when they did implantation, that was in 2013, she had what they called the first cycle for the IVF. And um, that was successful. Well, it wasn't successful. She didn't get pregnant. And so um, she went back and um, decided to try again. But this time around, because every time they have to do that, they send her for a HSG. And the second HSG report still um, said that same thing because um, I have the two notes here. And what they did was a comparison with the first one she did. Um, the endometrial cavity was too normal. The right um, fallopian tube was too normal. But um, there was still that... Um, opacity. Yeah, the left fallopian tube was spontaneously opacified. And so um, the doctor was... He, he kept just... Whenever they did like the transvaginal scan, it was like, oh, that this fluid, I don't know what is, what, what is causing it. We can't see anything. So they sent her to um, do like a surgical, um, they sent her to a, an oncologist that specializes, that specializes in, you know, taking out very delicate, you know, cells and that can make some of the things that were supposed to leave patent to be patent. So she underwent um, another um, surgery. And this time around, they uh, was, you know, um, guided by um, like robotic guided laparoscopy and um, they took everything out, drained what it was supposed to drain and put an anti-adhesive fluid, I'm sorry, sheet over the ovaries to prevent, you know, further addition. And um, so that, that, and they told her to try, she had to like rest for a while and then she did another cycle of IVF uh, with the frozen embryos. So this time around, she implanted two embryos other than one from the first time. And um, she was pregnant, and um, six weeks into the pregnancy, she had a miscarriage, and it was spontaneous, and um, it was a complete evacuation of the fetus, or whatever that 
thing is called at that age. And so it was she had to go back to the clinic to have an ultrasound scan done. And um, there was no pregnancy sac, nothing was there. So they didn't have to do any manipulation, like a um, DNC or anything like that. And so that was um, 2014. And so she decided to take a break to let her body rest, um, shed some weight, and just heal from the trauma and, you know, from the two years before. And in 2015, she tried it again and, you know, another used two embryos from the stash she has frozen. It wasn't, um, she didn't get pregnant right away. So um, she, and meanwhile, um, her period is always regular clockwork ovulation on point because she, she chats this on her phone. She has an app and, you know, and all of that. And 2015 to 2018, nothing, just, you know, just unprotected sex with her husband, and but nothing, no pregnancy, nothing. And so the final one she did was last year. In, um, so before then, um, the doctor had just talked to her about the fluid, which they were really, really worried about because the theory was probably the fluid was irritating the pregnancies, and that was why it wasn't, you know, staying, you know, in the uterus and all that. And so they wanted her, they put her on Lupron for three months just to, you know, resist any form of activities and all that. Oh, sorry, to stop any activity from her ovaries and whatnot. And mm-hmm. it was a drug that her cousin saw her was a drug from hell. And um, so she went back after three months before they started putting her on um, birth control pills and all of that that can, you know, to stimulate the, the next cycle. And according to the doctor, it seemed like the Lupron didn't even work at all for her in her case because the fluid was still there. And she has some fibroids, by the way. Um, but the fibroids, the, 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 the way they describe them, is not, it doesn't look dramatic. Um, they, they measure about, I think, Three by two by three by two point five by one in aggregate, but are three um, regular shaped portions, and but they don't they don't when they talk about what could necessarily be the problem for you know, miscarriages, they don't um, really talk about the fibers because the location as well is intramural and the the size is small. But after the lupron, according to the doctor, the fibers grew a little bit bigger, but the fluids got worse, and so she was she tried again the the increase this time around rather than give her like the the progesterone as from as in, in form of a vaginal suppository they gave it to her as um, like she had to do like the injectable the oil-based one so as mm-hmm. to at least increase the the level of um the free freely free level of um progesterone that can be available to support the pregnancy so she was pregnant and around the six seven weeks kind of like the first pregnancy she had in 2014 she had a miscarriage as well and so, um, of course, that was quite devastating. Went back to the doctor, and they because the two times it happened, she wasn't in, she wasn't close to her doctor, so they couldn't like you know get the fetus and just to examine what could be wrong. So the speculation is just maybe it's the fluid and all that. So um, at our last appointment, we had you know um, with her doctor, like okay, so what's the next plan? She has she's down to all this you know experiment and trying, trying, trying. She's down to the last two embryos. And so she had asked the question, like, could it be the embryos, you know, is that it's not implanting, or when it implants, the pregnancy terminates around the same time mark, what could be going on? And according to her doctor, he said, she said, according to her doctor, he said, if it was embryos, you shouldn't have, you know, been pregnant at all. And so they, they didn't really focus on that. And she didn't do any genetic tests to test, you know, the viability of the embryos. And so she had asked for what her next plans could be. So the last workup she did, um, 
there's so much fluid. Fluid had gotten worse. In fact, there was one of his one of his surgeries. She's had like six laparoscopies, you know, between all this, you know, testing and all that. Because the first surgery she had to remove the cyst in Nigeria was um, a laparotomy, so they cut her open. And so the theory was that she developed a lot of scar tissues and adhesion. Because at a point she was diagnosed with a pelvic fusion, like she, she, I mean, her left, her right hand, her right pelvis was frozen. And one of the surgeries, they, you know, started prepped her and all that, and they couldn't see anything, you know, so they had to wheel her out because she, she denied um, blood transfusion. And so the analogy was, it was like somebody opened you up and, you know, poured cement inside of you. We couldn't see anything. We didn't want to nick your nerve, so they wheeled her out. So I could now, as the things, the way things are, there's so much fluid around the peritoneal cavity, they can't even see the ovaries. They know it's there because, you know, she's done a lot of lab work. They can, when she's ovulating, they know her ovaries are there, but they can't see it because there's only so much the transvaginal scope can go. And so um, they told her she will have to have surgery to, you know, because one of the ovaries is like, you know, anteriorly displaced. That, that has, you know, always been there because of the way her ovaries are shaped. One of the ovaries are shaped, but they can't even see any of them now. And because to, to go on with another cycle, she'll have to still have surgery because they're not very confident about the fluid. It keeps coming up. Laparoscopies haven't fixed it, or she might have to do surrogacy. So that is um, in, in as, as not sure as I can do wow. about this person's case. And yeah. Oh, it's called because the person is me. <laughs> uh, I'm like, it's too detailed. <laughs> I was almost about to ask that this is too it's too close. <laughs> yeah, I know her very well. I've lived with her for the past thirty-two years. It's me. My, my, my first question is where was that fluid? In, in, in the tubes or in the wound cavity and in, in, in the endometrial cavity? Where, where, where was the fluid? Um so according to them, the fluid is in the is in the peritoneal cavity, yes. Okay. Have you so as can I is this, is this so please ask any questions. Like I'm, I'm open about it. That's why I'm even talking about it on my show. I wouldn't do it for anybody else because I don't think anybody would want this kind of exposure. But have you ever been in the past for infections like familiar gonorrhea? Never, never. I, I, you know, myself. I've seen a case like yeah. Then, then yeah. I was working in tents in England. This young girl, she's about eighteen or so then, and uh, for some reason she was in pain like this. She wasn't planning to get pregnant anyway. Our wound was just even before she got to that age of pregnancy. So she had so much pain, and we couldn't find out what was going on. So we put, put a, we put her to sleep, laparoscopy, yeah. and the problem, everything was frozen, as an ice block. As in, you, you, there's even no way to dissect to even move around. There's no way you can mobilize anything. And you could see, like, once you touch something, like there's a small hose bleed around the area. So I don't know if they have to uh, abandon. Wow. So she was brought back to the clinic with her mom. And she was diagnosed with a frozen pelvis. And there's a big terminology we use for that anyway. Yeah. So, I think from, from my own, they think, because when I had a laparotomy in 2009, you know, to cut me open, I just knew something was different for me because my periods became heavy and all that. And so um, they think it's because of the fibrous network of, you know, scar tissues. That's causing the pelvis. But I don't have... They've done all the STD, you know, here now, they don't play with those kind of things. Um, done all the STD screenings, never had any of that, never had any of that. Oh, and then uh, there's another one I forgot to mention. Um, there's, there were talks of endometriosis, you know, just circulating. But um, the last time I went to my doctor, which was two months, or last month, actually, 
because I wanted to ask what stage is it because they never told me that it just said endometriosis That's um, four. stage four yes and she said she's never seen this bad ever that and I know sometimes we tend to say that about things that are about us you know African because the oh. of them are not very culturally sensitive that's my opinion though yeah yeah what is there is there the thing is that unfortunately uh we nigerians we are we always think that we are super super beings <laughs> um you know in nigeria for example you say what kill that person you say ah is is what is how did you die yes we come here somebody that we want to know the cost you have to write the idea is it was a cost even if it's old, even if it's failure, there's a cost. Yeah. So, so I was talking to somebody. Say, I think, look, what kid is is dead? I killed them. So, what did death used to? What? What? They said they don't know. It's his death. And the like, more you start asking, the more they seem like you're trying to pry or something. So you just move on. The reason in Nigeria we really, really look for causes. We are just after the party. Let us do a part. Let us take a shot before the barrier. I'm just joking now. So, but here. We trying to find why, and because we're finding why, it's not for that person alone. For other people that will come after. Yeah. So and also, to, so at least that person will even get closure. Okay, this they can't help me, but this is the problem. So else, this, yeah. yeah. So this young girl, this story, she has frozen pelvis. We're thinking it's possibly possibly endometriosis that is so severe that she was that was it anyway because everything was frozen. She's never had an infection before. Everything was chalk of block, as in dumb, as in gummed together. No way you can go. So that was the problem with this girl. And so we said that, that she has to freeze her ovaries for future purposes. And that was the last I saw her. I left that area. I moved. I think I moved to America then for my master's. So I came back again. So I think I, 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 I knew that was last. So she must be sorted out somehow. somehow. I, I, I can't remember. So I think this is what's happening here. But what you, what you are saying that I'm, I'm really lost is uh, the fluid in the pelvis, in the peritoneal yeah. region. Yeah. In that area. So, but my suggestion is, if one tube is patent, if one tube is not blocked, that tube that is blocked it needs to be taken out. Has it been taken out? No, I haven't had. Um, so, as a way right now, the, the doctor was like, they can't even do any. They don't no. recommend any kind of open surgery for me. Or if yeah. I would do it, it has to be with someone that is very, very specialized. Yes. So, with the surgery, you need at least MRI first, so that they can demarcate. At least have an idea of the the anatomical structures because the the default be pushed away from their normal anatomical position. Yeah. So we need MRI or CT scan to even know where we are. They need to work in conjunction with the uh, with the surgeons. I mean, with the bowel surgeons, just in case they do any touch any, any soft tissue like a bowel, so that they can repair immediately. Because to dissect the, that zone, it is where angels we need to. I mean, where angels. We will fear to trade because they don't want to nick anything because otherwise you'll be angry with them and you know, you know they too yeah they yeah because all of this just because of the fluid stuff that you know so i had to have like a hemorrhoidectomy done because yeah. it was really pushing on my bowels and one time my my in-house sphincter just popped out and i had to you know i think what you have is stage four stage four endometriosis but now the good thing here is that you're getting pregnant with the ivf which yeah. is good yeah well two out of four if that yeah. counts as good news. That's, that's good though. That's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. But the problem here is that you're miscarrying in the first trimester. Yes, why is that? Yes. So another problem here could be, one, the embryos are not of good quality. It's possible. According to them, because they have like a grade system for it. 
they they've, they've only so far well they're going down that scraping the barrel now but the first at least i know the first four times or the first three times they use like the top grade ones because they have like the score like a plus b c c it's worldwide there so one possible is the um the quality of the eggs okay. but what i i would have had what they should have also done for you and your husband is chromosomal analysis where we do genetics for the husband and the woman where there's some sort of translocation abnormalities in the gene assortment for this baby that is causing this this recurring miscarriages we didn't, didn't do that we didn't do that and we should have done that for the fresh one because i heard that every time you have to thaw the embryos and bring them out and then take them back in. You're reducing the quality, but then even then it was gonna cost us like ten thousand dollars. Genetics for you, genetics for you, for you, not not. Uh, oh, for, for me. Oh, yeah. mm. for you and your husband. I think I think they. I'll, I'll confirm, but I think they did that. But I'll confirm that. Then the next thing to do for you, uh, for uh, for both of you, is obviously, you no, know, you, your blood groups. Whether you are carrying, are you resource negative? Is it positive or negative? He's positive. He's a um a. Yeah, he's an a. Yeah, a. So, so a. Yeah. A positive, yeah. A positive, and you've gotten pregnant for him before. You may have been uh, sensitized. Sensitized, yeah. Rogam D and all that. I do know that. I don't have. I don't. We don't have any resource factor between us as far as I'm just going through the possible thing. And oh no, yeah, yeah. I please keep going through down the list, and I'll keep telling you the information I know about myself. And the other thing is that they should do antiphospholipid uh, um, uh, studies on you to know whether you got antiphospholipid syndrome, because if you have that, you keep on having a current. I did that. I did that. I, I that I have the paper for yes I did that. What did they, What was the su summary? Um, uh, I remember the this after the first miscarriage they did that it wasn't it was negative it was negative there wasn't anything that they saw was yeah because I was gonna have to do like my um my RSD my resource my rebellion antibodies the yeah. APS ICMA and they even did the anti malarian hormone now that yeah. was low yeah the egg reserve yeah. 2.59 no but no i wished 0.59 is less than one yeah, and that's uh that's low yeah low, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two, yeah wow yeah two wow like, i know no no 0.59 yeah yeah, yeah. okay so. now that was five years four years ago the recent one was 0.4 so it's going down as you would expect with age and complications the where we are going at this stage I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, sure, ah, sure. How old are you now? I'm 32. I'll be 33 in um, October. Yeah, which is good. And I started when I was, I started on this journey at 25. Then they were like, oh, you're still young. I felt like they weren't quite aggressive with me. And I didn't know a lot of things that I know now, of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead, please. Give me, I want to hear everything. It's why I'm, it wasn't easy to walk my way talking to this, talking about this publicly. You know, but so I want to hear whatever well, advice you give me. It's okay. Uh, is this going to be published? Well, this yeah, I am going to, but I'm going to put that disclaimer. Yeah, I, I want to see. I have come a long way, sir. You have no idea. Okay. I, think, I, think God, I think this is what God wants me to do. I've I've had peace about it. Initially, I wasn't very. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, you no, know, even talking about it is part of healing. Sometimes yes, healing. Yes. Is not I want, I want answers. I want answers to this question, and I want you know an expert opinion as well. Yeah, my opinion in this situation is straightforward. Um, I would have suggested that we, we resect that uh, damaged tube so that we don't. Because if, if you got a damaged tube with IVF, you increase the risk of ectopic pregnancy. 
So if it still take out damage, you, but the good thing here is that you still get them pregnant. So first things first is they need to do we need to do MRI. MRI scan. MRI scan to even know where all these organs are placed. Good. And they will need to resect that damage to you. Obviously, because they can't go in now because of the all the um, you know uh, addition, scar mm-hmm. tissue. Mm-hmm. Because of the great stage four endometriosis, yeah. you might need bowel preparation just in case they touch the bowel, they can so they will need the surgeons to be involved as well. It's going to be surgery for two people. The surgeons will be there just checking in case they touch anything that and they can repair quickly. So they need, you need that. But the good thing here, I said again, is that the IVF is still working, you're getting pregnant, and you may have what we call a luteal phase defect. So that when you get pregnant again, you already said that you were given injection, you know, uh, progesterone per three. Later on, they started giving you progesterone in, in, in Yeah, my progesterone yeah. went down a lot. It was low. So by the time I did my, my HCG after, like just days after the pregnancy loss, my progesterone level was really low. Okay. So, like I said again, they were giving you that progesterone injection to, you know, to boost the level of progesterone yeah. to support the um, pregnancy. Pregnancy mm-hmm. up until 12 14 weeks, 14 weeks yeah. that is not working out as well. Options here at the end of the spectrum would be to consider surrogacy, where it's your egg, it's your husband's sperm, the person is just uh, like a yeah, yeah, I know about that. At least the, the child will still be biological, biologically, your child is done already in America, it's done in Nigeria now as well, so it's not a big deal. Um, because your ovaries, you know, the quality is depreciating with the 0.9 AMH. 0.59. <laughs> 0.59. 0.59. 0.59. Yeah. 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 Half of a point. <laughs> well, maybe to go. <laughs> anyway, this was uh, um, 2013. I did it last three years ago. It was 0.4. So it's going down as you, and I heard as you go, as you once you hit 35, it just, there's a downward slope and it's like, there's a geometrical drop. Yeah. 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 I think, I think at this stage you need to consider so obviously where the child is still, where the baby is still your your you know, your biological child from you and your husband and to move on. And also use this surgery also, like sorry, sorry before you go this surgery is gonna be like an open surgery, like, like a laparotomy in a way, right? It has to be it, it, yeah. like, no, nobody's gonna put the camera into the film. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what they are doing. The best, the yeah, it's like it's like trying to look for a key in the dark and then there's forest That's, and there's there's trees yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in a haystack, and then <laughs> your eyes are blind, like bird box, and then you're using atopa, you know, <laughs> and there's rain falling everywhere. It's, oh, oh, my life! What a well, another thing I'll suggest in this case is yeah. uh, for this. And like I said again, the surrogacy part is the end of the spectrum. Yeah, so you have to consider preservation of the remaining ovarian tissue because if this image is dropping like this. Let's get this preserved. So at least you have you 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 have a bank you can draw from. Yeah. What does that what does that process entail? Like um, under and then the inside. No, 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 no. We it's just like similar to IVF. We give you almost. Oh, I see. Stimulate it and then average the eggs. Oh, that kind of thing. Oh, okay, okay. I've not have had that before. I've had that done before. Okay. So thank you so much for opening up. I really appreciate it, and I I, I feel so humbled. And uh, you feel so happy to be here oh, and to talk about people and even about yourself. And I hope that by the grace of God, uh, things will work out positively. Amen. 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 So, thank you so much. I mean, I 
I've chatted with you and I I had I have that trust in you. That's why I, I had that trust in you. I still have that trust in you. It's why I felt very open to talk about. And so the cancellations we had, it was just good because um that Saturday I was supposed to do it, the second one when you had, you know, your visitors. My I wasn't in a good place emotionally. I so said it was a good thing for me and I knew it was I wasn't gonna be able to do it. But you know, I have prayed, I have felt that release from the Holy Spirit and I just realized, okay, it's not my story as as much as it is for just people that are also like me that and seeking answers or even like a form of somebody else like me like am i the only one going through this no. and i don't i don't i don't think i'm the only one i would never I, I never thought i was the only one but there are some nameless faces that people don't want to they don't even know you're going through that some I, I even talked about my miscarriage last year when it happened and you know just the pain and the grief and all that so this is just like almost like another layer to me that people can at least know that hey we haven't gotten out of the woods but and I know this peace, God, is not for me. It's just God has, you know, really helped me together because it's just a lot when I think about it someday. So thank you for that, sir. Thank you so much. And uh, like I said, uh, you said again, you said, you said it all. There's no unique problem. Oh, uh, this one is different. Too. Uh, this is a big deal. No, no this one is, is so unusual. Obviously, this one is, is a lie. Yeah. There's no unique problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. There's nothing wrong with this one. That's just That's the one. That's so true. That's so true. You just have to find those people like you. But I'm curious, you know, like the last two, do you, do you want us to, hold, us to hold on on the last two embryos and get all of these other things sorted out first? Or save those I, for surrogacy, maybe? I think you, hold on, keep those two embryos for now. Let's explore how, if they can do this, uh, see this can, and then uh, this, um, oh, or, and, and check up. Okay. And, check up. and mm-hmm. then, Another thing I'll suggest is since the, the is you're getting your your the pregnancy is implanted, it's not saying there's a research what we call endometrial scratching. It's still not like where we scratch out the layer of the womb, endometrial scratching. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the suggestion that it improves implantation as well. That could be explored as the hmm. last option. Is that after you after the pregnancy has been implanted or before? Before. Before. Endometrial scratching. Uh, yeah. Mm. Just to reduce the thickness, right? And um, basically, uh, it's not a research that uh, there's basically you scratching, there'll be a renewed healing. To uh, the body will set down emotions. Sort of, uh, um, what do you call it? It's, it's based on the immune system, immunology. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think I know. I know. Uh, the more you're saying it is, is yeah, to deploy a lot of um, fighters there to like heal it up. And yeah. then in that process, it's going to heal other things as well. Yeah. That's another thing you could look into because you're getting pregnant. It's just the fact that it's not implanted. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. because this cartilage is, is, is in the womb, we should, should be able to do hysteroscopy to look yeah. into the womb cavity itself. Is there fibroid? Is there any uh, mucous fibroid? Is there any polyp? Can, can we take it out? Can we do uh, endometrial scratching? And then uh, while they are working up on the MRI, on the thinking about the the, the of it, I mean, to preserve the ovary mm-hmm. and the and then you think of surrogacy, so you can think of all this, and we can talk about it later on. Um, sure. sure, sure, I'll definitely keep in touch. I remember when I first had that, uh, I was young then when I had, had the journey that led me to my surgery the first time was so painful, and I had gone to have a scan done, and I just asked them, like, why me? Like, why is this happening? And mm. I think one of the things that the lab person said to me, and I don't know how, I've tried to ask around, was I have heavy, like my second day of my period is very heavy, and it has a lot of clots. Does that is there like a direct correlation, you know, to like heavy periods and clot, you know, in your period? 
to having like ovarian issues like you know cysts or even maybe like endometriosis and things like that yes there is correlation so for those that are listening now they haven't even gotten of this diagnosis should they be worried if they're having like heavy periods and you know especially clots like coming out and all that yes your period should not clot the way the way god designed period is not supposed to clot it's to flow out stop once it's clotting that means you're bleeding heavily for you to for that person to be activated the, clot, the clotting factors that bleeding must be heavy the body must try to do extra work to stop the bleeding hmm. it should flow naturally like a river but if it's clotting it's heavy you need to find out why so they need to maybe see their doctor and do a, like a walk up of their whatever that's a call to action right there yes because problems if it's going to rain you see dark clouds from morning hmm. so that's an indication itself that your body is doing too much yes what it is i'm, I'm, I'm not be able to because sometimes because you have an headache doesn't mean that person has cancer yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes uh, because you have fever doesn't mean you have malaria some diseases <laughs> come, they come with the same behavior because they are related but because you have heavy bleeding doesn't mean you have something damaging for my listeners but it means you should get investigated to know what exactly is causing this yes yes and like we said you know these are not like medical advice you should take still consult with your professional as well yeah. and even though he's a doctor like as you know but don't say ah, i heard it on this thing and all that different cases have different you know um presentations and all that so find out what is unique to you and of course there's some support from what he's talked about you can take from there as well with the diet and you know taking proactive steps in making your life you know better and all that yeah anyways thank you so much um i really appreciate it i do know that even with the diet stuff when i move here because the way our stomach our gut system was built because based on where you grew up and then you moved to another place it changes everything you know i put yeah. on a lot of weight um my sleep was affected my mood was affected that's some food i can't even really eat now because it just it, it sends me into depression i don't know how to explain it like refined flour like you know cookies and all that i just my brain my chemicals just get altered so i've had to like watch that and i do really agree with you that the more we keep eating like you know less refined less processed food anything that comes in bag or that has to be stored, you know, for a while in a tin and all that. A little bit of that, eat those things in moderation, um, amplify your ingestion of um, grains and, um, and, and fruits and all yes. that. Yes, and reduce um, red meats, reduce um, eggs. We can even eliminate them. That's going to be very difficult because I don't really eat a lot of meat anymore because I don't like meat anymore as much as before. So I have um, moved to eggs. I think I might have to like... <laughs> I might end up being vegan at this point. You can hit them, but at least we can just Yeah, yeah. 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 And some they have, they say they're organic. I don't know if they're really, you know. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. Like, huh? Do you believe that? There's, a, there's a, another one. Those, those guys were now on this. They actually went, went on, on the stock market about two, three days ago. It's called something something about meat. Something meat. I can't remember. But they were on the stock market now and they are really booming now. But about two or three days ago, it, you, know, you know, I follow the stock market, you know? Yeah, so I was it, about asking that. That's really cool, by the way. Yeah, so those guys were listed. It's my hobby, you know. You know, you have to do something else, you know. It makes yeah, me happy. Yeah, yeah. So those guys were listed on the exchange about two, you know, about some few, a week or two weeks ago. But on their stock market debut, about some few days, it crashed. Whoa. It went, but yeah, there's some issues about it that it might not be actually meat. Uh, it might, let me quickly check what it is. On, on, <laughs> you know, I just lost that name in my head, you know. Okay. No, you know is it the one that they print through 3D? Is it 3D meat? Did they print it? Because I've seen that one. I'm just, uh, there's something about some meat somewhere. 
I don't know. Any media that inventing now is not is not yeah. anything we should eat that has been already been it's been given to us by God. Yeah, it's called Beyond Meat. Beyond. Uh, no, I don't want my meat to be called that. So I don't know what they're doing with that meat, but no. uh for some reason it crashed, you know. No, it's right. like saying you want to come to America, but the ticket tells you you're gonna fly beyond America. Uh, but if anybody hearing me now, I'm not saying that you should not buy the stock market. That's that's talk. I'm not. I'm just saying my opinion that uh, I don't know much about that. I mean, and I think it's oh, important. it's plant based. It's plant. Uh, I think it's for yeah. um, vegetarian. It's plant. Uh, I see. I yeah, see. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I'm just putting like a kind of a, a, a caveat. A yeah, caveat to that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not making any recommendation for any stock trade. Not that I'm not saying you should buy or not buy this stock. No insider training. No insider yeah. training. Trading going on. <laughs> advice is just strictly strict, strict, strictly for the discussion here in and not here after thank you yeah yeah oh it actually has some um, pea protein isolate coconut oil and other ingredients now i want to know what those other ingredients are anyways <laughs> um i do believe that even for some difficult conversations like this we shouldn't stop pursuing answers and you know as uncomfortable as it may be to talk about i actually feel a lot better thanks for hearing me out thanks for listening to me it's probably the, the longest time I've had to sit down with a doctor because doctors here just rush you and I'm married to one. They don't have time to like sit down. They have to like chat everything, deal with insurance and all that. So thanks for listening to me and uh, I will update you as time goes on if you don't mind just to let you know how this is going and if there are other suggestions that come to your mind about this. I'm, like I said, I'm open about it now. I want to talk about it. I don't think it's okay to just keep all of that brain inside. So yeah, and I loved what you said about you know having a hobby. It's really good. You know, you are as a professional, uh, as an ONG doctor, you have your you know outlet of creativity with the stock market. And congratulations on the two books, by the way. I wish uh, you the very best in you know um, future exploits. So yeah, like the, this, this, this is the podcast is my hobby. It's like my other way of just you know yeah. showing my talents and all that. So yeah, that's another tip for people that are listening. Find that one thing you can use. Don't let your job define you. If you want, you can be any. You can be a multi hyphenate You can be a DJ and a and a pastor. Yeah. I mean, nothing stops you from exploring those other talents God has given you. But this has been a show. This is, you know, this has been um, a defining moment of my life because it's about you know one thing that it was very difficult for me to come on the show to talk about. But I, I have, you know, I requested for my medical notes. I have had everything ready, and you know, it's about time to talk about this issue. So if you're listening to me and you fall under these categories, perhaps you've been going to the doctor for so long, they haven't given you concrete answers, please don't, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Um, as long as there's life, there's hope. Keep knocking on those doors. Keep asking questions. If there's any way I can help you, if you'd like to talk, I, I might not have answers for you because I still don't have answers for myself. But I can listen to you. We can hold hands together virtually or in real life. We can cry. We can just talk about stuff. Or find somebody to talk about. Don't keep all of these things inside. It can do so much to you know affect your mental health, which can also affect other areas of your life. But yeah, this was the most simple podcast. Thank you all for um, just your support. And um, yeah, check out the website www.mosibyl.com. And um, there are other episodes there as well. And um, so if they want to um, check out your your, if they want to reach out to you, um, they can go on the Ask the Gynecologist website and they yeah, Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah, the website is uh, Ask the Gynae Doctor. The Gynae is spelled in the British uh, fashion. Oh, G-Y-N-A-E. <laughs> Ask, yeah. A-S-K-T-H-E, 
Gyne, G-Y-N-A-E, doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R.com. Askgynedoctor.com. Or just go to Facebook and type Ask the Gynecologist. The same thing, A-S-K-T-H-E-G-Y-N-A-E-C-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. Or just type my name on Facebook. Are there any final thoughts you have, sir, before I wrap up the show? Yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for listening tonight and this afternoon or morning, wherever you may be, or whatever. <laughs> or listening to me. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm hoping that uh, as this, our talk today, this come today, I've been able to have a positive value. I hope value to your life and to make changes. So come, come to the uh, ATG group to join us, and I hope to see you back here again in future in the podcast here with more. God bless you. Thank you. All right, sir. Anyways, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much, sir. Bye bye. All right, sir. Bye bye. You You could see the smoke from a mile away. And trouble always draws a crowd. They want to tell me that it'll be okay. That's not what I need right now. Now, while my house is burning down, I know. Someday, I know somehow I'll be okay, but not right now, not right now. Tell me if the hope that you know is true Never feels like a lie even from a friend When the words are salt in an open wound Cause they just can't seem to understand That you haven't even stopped the bleeding